back quarterback number 19 Bernie Bernie oh yeah oh you can throw yeah 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 Bernie Bernie oh baby Super Bowl All right, everybody. Six P's and a P here on AquabearLegion.com. I'm your very happy host, Brian Costco, joined by an all-star crew of six B's and Peasers. Ian Wolf. New New Ian. <laughs> Chris Bullen. Two and two. Dave Obenauer. Brian Hoyer. Yeah. That's all. I didn't have. I should have said end Dave Obenauer instead of just saying comma Dave Obenauer. That's all we have. Those guys. Riveting. <laughs> Browns win! Woo! The Browns defeat the Titans in Nashville, Tennessee, 29-28. And again, a game similar to large elements of the past three, I would say as well, where they looked very, 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 very terrible in parts of it. And very, 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 very awesome in others. Barely. Yeah, very striking similarities to that Pittsburgh game. Yeah, the defense is completely shit in a brick in the first half as the Titans go up 28-3 to before halftime, right? Yep. Yeah. And you sure that yeah. wasn't 18-3? to <laughs> oh yes, good point. We'll talk about that later. I thought it was 18-3. to I remember at one point going, 18-3, to that's doable. Uh, and realizing that it was actually 21-3 to and some errors on the uh, D team that was both announcing and producing the game this week. We'll talk about that later. Um, but the Browns mount the biggest comeback in Browns history, guys, in 67 years and score 26 unanswered points to win 29-28, to largely behind what I can only assume is part God, part man, Brian Hoyer. <laughs> well, not only was it the biggest comeback in Browns history, it was the largest road comeback in NFL history. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, right? And one funny thing about this is, that, you know, I think you guys all watched the game today. They showed all the Browns fans, huge amount of Browns fans. In fact, our own Dan Majeski and his wife, Leah Majeski, were at the game, and we have some uh, on-field reporting from them later on in the show, and I was promised... Uh, drunken Browns fan station ID. So hopefully that shows up in here at some point. Um, they were down there with some family and friends, but it was apparently the Browns backer game of the year. Like they pick a game each year and they try to get lots of Browns backers to go within like you know the radius around said place. And uh, so when the Browns really started getting rolling, there was a lot of orange and brown and barking going on. <laughs> That's rad. That's pretty cool. The Browns get their first road win since September 22nd of last year. That was the uh, Vikings game, which I attended. Yes, that's right. When you went to the Metrodome up there, uh, and luckily snow did not fall in the roof. No, thankfully. And and now they've blown that building up because, let me tell you, it was a piece of shit. There you go. Wow, they blew it up. They blew it up. They're building a new, ridiculous-looking stadium there 
right now the Vikings are playing where uh, University of Minnesota's Golden Gophers play. I thought hmm. it was the Screaming Eagles, Dauber. <laughs> it's Minnesota State. Ah. Yes, it's confused with the Screaming Eagles of Minnesota State, Aiden Fox. <laughs> so again, we have a lot to talk about, and I think the main thing, the first thing I want to lead with is that our offense we, is still overachieving, I think. They're incredible, uh, especially in the second half. Are they overachieving, or are they just achieving? It appears they might just be achieving. I mean, I have to say, I know you have some issues with Shanahan, especially Ian, but, like, his play calling most of the game was great. He sets that run up. They were just running. There were times where they were doing three play actions in a row, and the defense mm-hmm. was still biting on it because Ben Tate was getting 15 yards every time he had the ball. I had no issues with the play calling today outside of the fact that this team seemingly cannot execute a screen pass. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a problem. It's a a bit. <laughs> One thing we noticed was that I don't know if it, if uh, Shanahan's you know in some shit or what, but while everyone else got to wear <laughs> orange and brown, his shirt was gray and black. Even oh, no. the Browns logo. Yeah, he's yeah. Been wearing that, dude. That's his his look. Ah. he's like a Bond villain. <laughs> I thought, it was, I thought it was budgetary cuts. They just couldn't afford a color jersey for him. He's, just, he's, the biggest, uh, he's the biggest Sisters of Murphy Mercy's fan, and let me try that again. <laughs> <laughs> I, am I actually going to go find the edit on that, Ian, or am I going to let that one stay? Just let it go. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, they could just be achieving. I think we need to evaluate a little more. They're obviously not hugely consistent, but even in the first half, I wouldn't necessarily blame the office. I mean, Hoyer had some three and outs, but he also had a couple drives. And, you know, he wasn't making stupid decisions, I didn't think. Uh, but, you know, he finishes with 292 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw an interception. It was the first Browns turnover of the year. But I have a note here that it was longer than the punt that was going to happen. Um, he threw it ended up being like a 65-yard interception. Um, so whatever there, you know, and I thought that that was smart actually in that, you know, setting. Um, but they, you know, Benjamin, two touchdowns, they were, they just really started to click at a point. Yeah. I'd say the biggest problem in the first half is that the offense just couldn't get on the field because the right. defense was a shit in the bed all over the place. Yeah. The defense, I mean, I, w- I don't know if we have stats to see if you can find some time of possession numbers for the, the halves, but, uh, on the- in the first half, we were pretty three and out consistently until late in the second, right? I mean, pretty much. That's, that's that's the thing I think too. Like, I think I'm the uh, offense is overachieving from what we expected from them. I mean, they're not incredible, but they also aren't household names or anything, and they're doing pretty great with what they've got. Well, today yeah. they had uh, 460 yards of total offense, which is pretty substantial for the NFL. And for the Browns, especially. Yeah, when the hell has that happened? That's pretty awesome. I mean, we talk about how bad the defense was, and you know the Browns still outgained the Titans, so either the Titans' defense is worse or the Browns' offense is better. I will get into that. I actually think these two teams are kind of an interesting. I always like to compare, especially when we're playing someone outside of our conference. Um, before we get on to that defense, though, Joe Thomas was fighting some dudes. Everybody was fighting today, man. It got chippy. Yeah, got a little chippy, and uh, the announcers were definitely, you know, aiding in that with, uh, I mean, Kirksey played like crap today, and he definitely did almost accidentally take Jake Locker's head off a few plays before Jake Locker's 
head got taken off with his thumb by uh, Buster Screen. But, um, yeah, Joe Thomas, that dude got ejected from the game from, like, he was kind of, like, sitting on Joe Thomas's chest. I believe JR would have called it a slobber knocker. <laughs> uh, so how good is this offense going to be when Josh Gordon comes back? If, if they can keep running this way, it's going to be, it might be kind of ridiculous how good they are. Yeah. And the, the depth of running backs is incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I really like the way that they uh, rotated the running backs today. Like, you know, I'll be honest, when uh, you know Ben Tate coming back, I was like, well, these other guys are doing so awesome. Do we really need them? But right. I mean, oh, a three-headed monster is even better than a two-headed one. Right. Cerberus. <laughs> Brown Cerberus of running backs. And, I mean, Tate finished with 22 carries for 123 yards. I think uh, Ian just invented the uh, first six Bs in a B t-shirt. What's it, what it's his head? A three-headed dog with uh, Tate uh, Crowell. Is it Crowell or Crowell? Crowell. 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 <laughs> we got we to get that right. He's too good not to. Yeah, that's yeah, true. And West. Yeah, I'm loving it. And, man, all of those guys are each so much better than Trent Richardson. <laughs> do we want? Do we need a Trent Richardson update? Do you have one? Not right now, but give me one second. Okay, cool. Um, I did want to bring up too that uh, before that Hoyer interception, and and as well as two other plays where the Browns turned it over and penalties brought it back. And we'll talk about penalties in a minute. Uh, the Browns were the only team in the NFL who hadn't turned the ball over yet this year um, until Hoyer threw that interception late in the game. Station ID, I want to say you're listening to AquabareLegion.com. You can find us on Twitter at 6B1P, on Facebook by searching 6Bs and a P. Browns win 29-28 over the Titans this week. That defense did look pretty terrible, though. Oh, my goodness, did they ever. It was, they just couldn't stop the run at all in the first half. At one point, the Titans were averaging over seven yards a carry. Yeah. And it's not like they had one like you know 50-yard run that kind of... Uh, Dragged the average up. There was like just consistently six, eight, nine yards every time. Sean Green, Bishop Sankey, too. This isn't like, you know. Locker, Locker, when he ran, it was effective. So here's the thing. This is another thing I thought interesting. We'll talk about the announcers after the break, and I want to try to remember to bring this back up to then. But Jake, I might have missed something, okay? <laughs> when at any point has the common decision on Jake Locker been anything else other than Jake Locker sucks? <laughs> like, was there a point when Jake Locker was good? Or even, like, someone who wasn't brought up all the time, like the little bit I pay attention to other teams as being, like, a guy who was not, didn't have it in him? And Today all sudden, was honestly the first I'd ever heard of him. There you go. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, and then obviously... He's been hurt a whole bunch. He gets hurt again today. Who gives a shit? I mean, the Titans, to me, this is the thing. The one thing that I love about this win is that they won, obviously, and scored that many points to come back. It's crazy. But holy crap, dude, the Titans suck, and they scored 28 points on this defense in the first, in the first half. half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll say I, I obviously don't watch any Titans football, but when Locker was on the field, he looked competent, at least against this defense. Well, everyone has, hasn't they? I mean, Yeah, pretty much. Like The second half of the Pittsburgh game, the second half of this one. Right. But I think the second half of this, part of the reason that the defense played so much better is that uh, I don't know if the Titans led up, but... You can't even say that because they stopped running the ball after running so effectively in the first half. 
Yeah, they seemed to change their game plan quite a bit at one point. And I mean, which was weird because the Browns couldn't tackle anybody, and the Titans were running everywhere. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just like maybe they had the the Cleveland Pittsburgh game in their head where the Browns mounted that comeback and they were trying to keep the the pedal to the floor by throwing the ball. So with Charlie Whitehurst. Oh, we'll talk about him later too. As I found out, Titans fans refer to him as Clipboard Jesus. Yes, that's his nickname. It's in his Wikipedia. Is it really? Yeah. Are you sure one of you guys didn't add that? No, I don't think so. Ian could have. I'm pretty sure I didn't, but it was, you know, it's been a long day. He has been blackout drinking. Uh-huh. Christian Kirksey sucks, kind of, and there was, of course, the whole thing where the announcers played him up as the marked man. Oh. Because he <laughs> ran into Jake Locker's head. Threw a forearm shiver. Did yeah. that? Do you guys think that was intentional? I, I don't think it was. I don't either. It, it didn't look it. It was definitely rough, but yeah, it didn't look like he was doing it on purpose to try to knock him out or anything. He had just come off a block, it looked like, and just, you know, you see the guy coming at you, you fucking take your shot, and it's just yeah. unfortunate that he caught him square in the face. And what I thought was weird was this game, obviously there was, this is a game more than any other showed, I thought, momentum. You know, the Titans were just dusting us in the first half, and then once the Browns started to just shut it down, it just became a completely different football game, and there was just this shift in momentum. But also, you know, we had noted here, and all of us were talking about it, the game got really weird at various points. Like, the both teams going for it on fourth downs, and, like, sometimes a little prematurely, I thought. Well, in the, in the case of the Browns, both times. And even the Titans, like, maybe a punt would have been good there. Yeah, well, that late in the game, for them, a punt changes field position. Right. And, I mean, you know, obviously Brian Hoyer did end up leading the Browns to, like, 26 points or 24 but, I mean, I think you play with your defense at that point in time. You know, the Titans have been stopping the Browns most of the day. I just thought that was a weird decision. Yeah, both of them were weird decisions. The Browns went for it with 12 minutes to go. There was still a lot of time. Yeah, I honestly think this is a situation where, I mean, yes, the Browns won the game, but I think equally the Titans actively lost it. Right. I mean, these penalties, man, were insane. Uh, we were just... So much shit in this game I've never seen in a football game before. Right. Like I'm we not, think the Browns' best defense was the Titans falling down and slipping. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there was some penalties. We mentioned earlier the two turnovers that came back, um, including that one that was huge. That was to the one-yard line, that interception. Yeah. That's when things got real. Uh, little, that's when uh, the dude got ejected, right? Yes. Yeah, Joe Thomas and that guy were fighting but yeah, Whitehurst, I can't figure out why he ran like a dumbass on that fourth down. He like fell backwards. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I think he got his ass, uh, what you call it, hit real good. <laughs> Whitehurst yeah, Bill- seemed like he was afraid the entire second half, too. Like yeah. He was running terrified. And like their line didn't hold up for him either. Like He got bumped into so many times. And you saw at a point the Browns just, you could see that momentum change on the Browns' defense. I thought especially those last couple mm-hmm. uh, Titans possessions where, you know, like you said, not only was Whitehurst just scared, but the Browns were just going after him. Like that, the line wasn't yeah. even an issue. They were just running through them. Who's, 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 was he the yeah. little dude? On the Browns, the safety? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. That was rad. That was so cool just to see him jet in there. That was that was awesome. Yeah. Like, um, 
back to weird things happening. Like on the the muffed punt that was overturned. When when I first saw the replay, when they were talking about it, I'm like, oh shit, this is the worst call I've ever seen. It wasn't until they showed like the the sideline angle where the guy clearly runs like 30 yards out of bounds. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a good call. Right. That's and, sort of. Uh, if if it happened to us, I'd be like, oh, you motherfuckers! But right, right, and I mean that was it. There was just a lot of weird stuff going on. But I I agree. I mean, I thought you know, and I thought the Browns' play calling was great. I was really disappointed in the defense in the first half, but I thought the coaching and everything like something. I I think this is the right group of guys to coach this team, and I can only imagine if they can keep playing like this, and they can even be five and five when Gordon comes back. It could be on. And even, like, the right guys coaching and the right guys in the front office. Because, I mean, look at uh, Taylor Gabriel and uh, Crowell, both undrafted free agents. Right. And Gabriel had 95 yards a day or something, I think. Yeah. And, you know, he just seems like a solid player. Um, Obviously, this team does need to be more consistent. That's kind of the big thing, I think, that comes out of this. Because, I mean... Dude, Charlie Whitehurst when he first came in too, two touchdowns right off the bat, including that like seventy-five yarder, like uh, yeah. straight up burnt, like toast. And Locker too, like I said, I didn't think this guy was that good, and he was like all over the place on this defense. So um, that block punt was huge, though. And Tank Tank Carter, Tank Carter got, and we got the two points for that that allowed us to win the game essentially. Yeah. I- my favorite thing about the block punt was like he he you know gets in there, but he doesn't want to like dive into the punter for risk of a penalty. So he like just jumps straight up and happens to catch the ball with his arm. <laughs> Nobody knows where it is, and they're just all looking around for it. That's favorite great. moment of the game, Chris Bolin. Oh, favorite moment? Hmm, I don't know. I I I think at the very end when I could breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> oh, that touchdown to Benjamin, man. Whew. Then I realized, did you guys, like, because we were all freaking out. I mean, there was, of the course, you know, people texting each other, and I'm, like, standing in here, and I remember Benjamin caught the touchdown, and I was so excited, and then I was like, oh, my God, there's a minute nine left. <laughs> the fucking Baltimore game all over again. Right. Yeah. Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens lost today, too, guys. Outstanding. Nice. Yeah. So they're three and two, I believe, and we're two and two. Yellers update. They won, but eat our butts. Eat our butts. Eat our butts. Uh, lots of flags. It was a crazy game. Lots of fights. We talked about all that. Ian. Yes. Pie corner. I, I think it's that time. Cue up that theme music. Chris Poland, how's it go? The pie song. Yeah. I don't remember. I know it. Okay. All right. Okay. Pie corner, come get you a slice. Pie corner, it's hot and it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome once again, America, to another riveting edition of Pie Corner. Now, today, the Cleveland Browns played the uh, the Titans out of Tennessee. So this edition of Pie Corner is going to kind of take you know a trivia bent, if I may steal from uh, your thing, Brian. Good. I didn't do it this week. All right, good. Uh, so it's basically one question. It won't be multiple choice. You can just uh, each guess, and you'll be wrong probably. So the Chattanooga Bakery, since 1917, has been making what confectionery? Chattanooga Bakery? Based out of Chattanooga, the Chattanooga Bakery. Mm. 
No. Shoe fly pie. No, that is not correct. But can I ask a question? Yes, of course. I didn't know we were allowed to ask questions. Well, I mean, there's <laughs> no rules on this show, guys. Actually, um, Pie Corner is very structured. Is it really? Yeah. You guys. Well, just I just have... wanted to ask if pie was in the title. It is indeed. That kind of probably gives it away. Does it? Yeah, maybe. Moon is pie. It, a... it is a moon pie. Uh, now follow up. Oh, Dave, go ahead and answer. I'm sorry. I was going to say pecan pie, but I'll change it to moon pie now, I guess. Hooray! <laughs> follow up question now. Moon pie. Not really a pie, right? I don't think so. No, not at all. What do you as, the arbiter, as the 6B1P arbiter of pies, I'll say it's not. Did, it, did somebody pick that as their favorite pie? I said it just because I thought it'd be funny, but I don't know. Oh, you contrarian. I am. It's not very good. I mean, they're okay. No, they're not very good. <laughs> like, when the fuck are you grabbing a moon pie when you got a choice? When there's, yeah, when there's nothing else. It's the denny <laughs> of desserts. The only thing, right? You gotta be at, like, some weird flea market somewhere. It's, like, the only place there'd be only moon pies. <laughs> um, we can kind of all agree that marshmallow filling is just kind of disgusting as an idea. Not true. I completely disagree. Right. I think I think it's bullshit too. I no agree. way. Have you guys had a have you had a Valo milk before? A what? Valo milk? N- Valo milk? <laughs> milk. Valo milk. Valo, yes. No. It's no. a candy, okay? And you guys are aware of mallow cups. You probably hate them because you said you don't like marshmallow. Yeah. I don't like it when it's like real chewy and weird. Okay, well the thing about a Valo milk is is it's creamy and delicious, and the chocolate's very good. So it's like marshmallow fluff, because that I can get behind. It's even creamier than that, dude. Ah, shut your mouth. Here's what here's what's gonna happen, Ian. You need to come down to Athens. All right. Siemens down on West Union. They've got the Valo milks. We're gonna get some. We're gonna eat a bunch of them until our stomachs hurt. Okay. All right. You're welcome to join us, America. Anybody? Valo milkathon. I don't know if I could eat more than a package though. They're pretty... How many come in a package? Two. Two? It's like a Reese. I mean, they're like, yeah, that's what they're kind of set up. I get you. Did you ever notice that, too, real fast, that everyone always says Reese's? Do you say that? Yeah, Reese's. It's Reese's, though. It is Reese's. You call them Reese PC? Reese PCs. (laughs) You're kind of a little off base. Yeah, (laughs) back to marshmallow cream. Yeah, I don't please. think it's complete bullshit because I think a Valo milk is delicious. And I'll eat a Mallow cup too because I have lower standards with my bar. You ever have a fluffer nutter? Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. I, the first time I heard that, I thought it was a weird sex act. Did you try it? The, the sex act, yes, but not the fluffer right. nutter. <laughs> Send it over to Leroy Kelly. That wraps up Pie Corner. Hi, I'm Leroy Kelly, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, and I'm listening to Six Peas in a Pie. <laughs> Something like that. All right, before we head off to break, um, I want to take another chance. We really want your participation and precipitation on the Internet. So you can find us on Twitter at 6B1P, on Facebook by searching 6Bs and a P. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Tell your friends. Ian will show up and verbally even just repeat most of the podcast verbatim to them. Yeah, this is all scripted. I'll just print it off and bring it. We're gonna send it. (laughs) We're gonna send it off to a quick break. As I mentioned earlier, six B one peer Dan Majeski and his wife uh, Leah headed to the game in Nashville today. So we're gonna send it off to our official on the ground six B one P report 
from whatever Titan Field or whatever the fuck it's called. Amajeski, everybody. Six B's and a P. All guests join us via the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Hotline. Pierogi Mountain, best pierogi in the fucking universe. You can find them in Columbus, Ohio. Cafe Bourbon Street down on 4th there. They are there Tuesday through Sunday, available for take-home at 7 p.m. and afterwards. Tuesday night, they do some pierogi nights, some 75-cent specials. And if you don't believe me or aren't already convinced, their Facebook status earlier this week was just... Braising pork shoulder in coffee and chipotles, and that'll be enough to make. I will say this: I've, I've gone every Tuesday night since I got back to Columbus. So if you're out there listening and you come to Pierogi Mountain, probably around seven thirty on a Tuesday, I will buy you a pierogi. Wow! Bam! That's the pierogi guarantee. That's right. Matt Majeski is one of my favorite people in the world as well. You can also get his pierogi take home, I believe, at Bourbon Street. And if you don't want to go into a bar. That's real dark in the middle of the day to get those. You can go to Wylands uh, around Columbus there. They have them there, too. Wylands is on uh, Indianola, a couple blocks north of North Broadway. And I think the Kalachi Republic has them as well up there. Yes, but I don't know where that is. There you are. You heard it here first. I also want to, before we get into our second uh, chunk of the episode here, I want to wish a happy birthday to my wife and 6B1Peer, Sherry Oliver. Hey, she wasn't feeling very well, so she's not on this episode tonight. She's sleeping in the living room out there, and we're probably waking her up right now. But it's her birthday Monday, so happy birthday, Sherry. Um, the Browns won for you. Yeah. But I want to talk about the announcers. We've mentioned them a few times already. What is the deal with those guys? They suck at their jobs. 
right, discussion over. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're pretty bad. Yeah, it was like just. I mean, even as far as football announcers go, these guys just said some pretty ridiculous things. Steve Berline was one of them, and I said I had a story about him when we went to break. And it's only reason I even know who that is is because he's the Raiders quarterback on Tech Mobile. <laughs> uh, so you say story, but you meant factoid. <laughs> I meant factoid. So I lied. That's what they call teasing him in the business. You know what my favorite thing, and we've played a lot of tech mobile music over the years here on Six Bs and a P. We had one the other week uh, when Chris Poling couldn't join us. It was one of my favorite things. We never talked about it, but like somebody was like, "We're gonna go to Chris Poling for this Chris Poling segment," and instead it was just forty-five seconds of tech mobile music. <laughs> <laughs> I but think yeah, that's we a pretty good representation I, of my views. I thought so. Yeah, I we mentioned earlier. Besides the fact that the announcers are just stupid, I mean, they started to develop plots that just weren't really happening. I don't think on the field. And then they had the wrong graphics at points, and they were reading the wrong things, the wrong information. I don't know who else was involved. But yeah, I mean, I get it, dude. The Titans are pretty terrible, and the Browns are the Browns. So like, you're gonna send Steve Berline and you know whatever the hell else. Yeah, I and Eagle. Oh, fuck him. I, I think at one point they referred to him as the the, <laughs> the Houston Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. They did show Browns fans in the stands at the end of the game, which was the only thing they seemed to do that was leaning towards the Browns. Well, there's yeah. standard Manziel pandering. And we'll actually switch that around because I think that's a good segue. I like to try to identify those. I've been working. I've been identi- I've been taking classes on hosting. You've been segways writing segways for segways? I've been writing segways for segways. Uh, Johnny Football in the outline here is Manzel bullshit. At one point, Brian Hoyer obviously turned it on in the second half, but at one point in the first half, even when the Browns were getting destroyed, I think Hoyer's stat line was like 6 for 9, uh, 92 yards and like a touchdown or something at one point. You know, like it wasn't bad. Well, it wasn't uh, a touchdown if it was in the first half. Oh, yeah, good point. Right before the half. Yeah, like it – oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, they wanted – they started showing Manziel and then talking about how maybe you might see him. You know, that shit needs to stop right now. Yeah. Brian Hoyer is good. And, like, bringing Manziel in outside of, like, you know, for some sort of trickery is is going to be a step backwards for the team at this point. Yeah. And I just don't understand, too. It's like every time we've seen Manziel, he's been pretty horrible. Like, I, I, even if Hoyer is off for a game, it's not going to do anything but make shit worse to bring in Manziel. Yeah. And also, fuck Manziel. Because <laughs> right after the, the, the uh, Titans went up 28-3, to they cut to Manziel, and he's just, like, joking it up with some dude on the sideline, smiling real big. I mean, I get it. It's you know, it's a job, but you still you, you you don't really want to see that immediately after the touchdown. Fair point. Yeah, I listened to some uh, uh, Cleveland WKNRs after the game. You know, like Colin show. Which, um, if anybody wants to do, I'm not like promoting this because it's not like they need more money or anything. But ESPN Radio has an app, you know, like a for your phone or whatnot. And one of the live stations you can get is the Cleveland station. So, like, after the game, you can just listen to, like, three hours of drunk guys calling in. 
<laughs> and it's particularly hilarious after they win. So I was listening to it for a little bit earlier, and uh, there was a lot of guys calling up and bitching. You know, Cleveland, that is like the perfect Cleveland thing. They're like, oh, fucking Manziel's laughing on the sidelines, you know, like... Is just one after another, and like, I mean, that brings up the point. I think though is like, let's say Brian Hoyer keeps playing like this, and the Browns, you know, are at five hundred or above this year. Playoffs are not; they've been fucking terrible the past ten years. Um, if Brian Hoyer leads this team to eight and eight or nine and seven, you gotta sign him, right? He's only signed through this year. Um, I believe so. I think they were talking extension. Maybe next year, too. Let's see if we can find that out. On it. All right. Um, but obviously then, like, what do you do with Manziel? Do you maybe think about trading him before the market dries up? You know, like Ryan Mallett was someone the Patriots thought they could get, like, a second-round pick for at one point, and then they got a seventh, I believe, for him. Brian Hoyer will be an unrestricted free agent after this season. Ugh. So, yeah. you, you sign him. Yeah, of course you sign him. If you think he's your guy, you sign him. And then Manziel's a potentially decent backup. Or trade bait, either way. Dave? I think trade him. I mean, I don't know. I just, eh, I don't know. Maybe if, if he develops a lot. But I don't feel confident in him at, at all as a backup. Like, nope. I don't know. I tend to agree with Ian. I think, you know. You can develop him as a backup. It's you know it's his first season. We're only four yeah. games in. Um, and you know again trade bait. That's it's nice to have you know uh, uh, that in our back pocket. Uh, but yeah, I think you know sign Hoyer, man. Uh, not only is he you know I think way better than we ex- or most people expected him to be, but he loves Cleveland. And I don't know. I think that the fact that he loves the team means a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking great, dude. We posted from our uh, Facebook account. He served lunch at Sokolowski's (laughs) in his Browns uniform. uh, I have to say, seeing that, I was so despondent after that loss, but seeing that brought me out of it. That was pretty great. Have you guys, have any of you guys eaten there? No. No. Man, we need to go there. I don't think they're open, though, on Sundays, because that place is unbelievable. Um, yeah. That maybe, is... we could, maybe we could do an upcoming live episode from there. Ooh. Maybe not, though. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I feel right now that he could be the guy. Um, it's exciting. You know, I mean, that was a pretty unbelievable comeback. Um, and speaking of people that don't have any chance of being the guy, I'd say the jury's still out on Manziel. The jury's not still out on Charlie Whitehurst. <laughs> no. No. We were going to talk about him a little bit. Ian uh, brought up earlier his nickname, which is... Greasy Jesus. Oh, wait, what did you call him, Chris? Greasy Jesus. Greasy G. Greasy G's. Greasy G's. Greasy Jeezy. Uh, I like the first album about second. He had two touchdowns right away, but the rest of the game, he was terrible. Yeah, and he looked scared. He looked frightened. Yeah, it reminded me of Brown's quarterbacks. He looked like, uh, who were we throwing out there that looked like that? Bruce Gridkowski. Brad. Was it Bruce? Bruce. No. Baseball. Spurgeon win. Ooh, Spurgeon baseball Whedon's. 
So another thing I wanted to bring up. Oh, Charlie Whitehurst. I also did. He look like he was like a guy that was like in some shitty '90s band. <laughs> He's like total bloated Jared Leto. Chris, you said he what? He looked like a character from Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, I don't know. He had that uh, that air about him. Trashy. Greasy. Greasy. Greasy G's. Greasy G's. Uh, Charlie, we'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> I think. Uh, Charlie Whitehurst, an all guest this week via the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Hotline. You can find us on this website, aquarelegion.com, your one source for force, on Twitter, at 6B1P, on Facebook, by searching 6Bs and a P, and here usually on Wednesdays or Thursdays with a new episode during the football season. I'm joined by Ian Wolf. Hey, yo, what's up? That's me. Dave Obenauer. That's me. These host classes are really paying off, man. You remember that? <laughs> you think so? You're remembering our names? Yeah. I know. Have you noticed? That was actually the first lesson. Um, really embarrassing. When you said Spurgeon Win earlier, I was like, where do I know that name? And in my ear here for the producer, I got, you know, Brown's former quarterback, but I was originally thinking that was actually, I thought that was Ian's name for at least six months of last year. Spurgeon. And I thought Wolf, I guess, but it sounded like Win. Wolf, Win. You just, hey, what's up, Spurge? And I just went with you it. You thought I was saying Ian. I thought maybe you were stroking out for six months. <laughs> Could have been. Sounds like me. I want to go around before we go to break. We are, in case you haven't noticed, America, and based on all the tweets we're getting here in studio, you have. Brian Weeby not with us this week. He was a little busy. We all, you know, got to take some time for some things. I need to figure out how to do an episode in a few weeks while I'm, like, in San Francisco. Actually, what would you guys do with your bye week? We talked about that last week. Oh! <laughs> what did you do with yours? I, I moved into a new house. Oh, that's why you weren't on this show. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, not above a bar anymore. No, good Mo- lord. Moved to Germany, as I understand it. Uh, yes, you're in uh, Munich. Ah, uh, Leapstag. Yeah, Vita. Uh, <laughs> Um, I want to go around, before we send it off to Brian Weeby and an actual honest-to-goodness broken bandwagon here in a few, I wanted to go around and uh, ask each of you a simple question, and I want you to tell me. We'll start with the first one. Who you think is showing up the most for the Browns right now? By that I mean, you know, however you want to interpret it, someone that you expected to be as good as they're playing or someone that you had totally came out of left field, um, who you think is part of the reason that they're able to in this case, I guess you would say mount these comebacks, Ian. Who's, who's yours? Uh, who is showing up? Uh, yeah. Kind of say the offense as a whole. Is definitely... I asked for one person. <laughs> Come on, that's an acceptable answer. Well, no, I can give you one person. I'd say Paul Kruger. Okay. That's, that guy's come to play this year. He's got some hilarious helmet-to-hair situation going on, too. <laughs> uh, Dave, what do you think? Who's showing up for the Browns? Um, this game particularly, and it's a name that I don't know, and I kind of wanted to ask you guys about it. Who's Dre? Do you know? Jim Dre? Yeah, I, I didn't really know Jim about Dre. him beforehand. All Day Dre? Yeah. That is Nick All Dre? is now. Jim Dre, we'd love to have you on the show. It seemed like he had two pretty nice big catches today. And I had Touchdown. Yeah, I don't know where he came from. Yeah. That's pretty rad. I'd, I'd say all these, like, if we're if I'm going to do a Ian's uh, first thought, it's just all these uh, receivers we've got. That we, I didn't know many of them. 
And yeah, Ian, Ian's precedent is ruining the show, as I thought. Groups <laughs> of people. I told you. Uh, I'd say Crowell or West, uh, both together. They've been awesome, and it's totally invigorated the offense, which has been and rad. Ben Tate came back ready to fucking get his job back too today. Yeah, he did. Which is young in Yeah, fine by me. Chris, what do you think? Well, um, obviously Hoyer. Uh, I'll I'll take the obvious one there, but I think on special teams as well, Poyer. Oh, Poyer, <laughs> Hoyer's cousin, right? I don't think that's how cousins work. Uh, yeah, Jordan Poyer is that his name? Hell if I know. Yeah. Is it because of his ability to field a punt? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, because obviously we've had some issues with that. And I heard some talk on the Browns post-game Drunken Dude show that um, you might be seeing some Justin Gilbert doing that next weekend. It's probably the only way he's going to see the field right now. Ooh. Did he uh, play at all today? I didn't see him. I didn't either. He doesn't show up in the stat sheet that I meticulously compile at the end of every game. <laughs> That's how you get your nickname. I'd say, as far as who's showing up for the Browns, I'm going to give it to, to Sean Gibson uh, as an underrated member of the Browns defense. I think the bigger names on the Browns defense, none of them are showing up for the most part, except for Kruger. No, who I think... Green did take Locker out of the game. No, but I'd say he's one of the small. I mean, Screen's awesome, too. I also think that... Uh, Kawan Williams had that big sack. Uh, that guy's pretty sweet, but those guys are picking up the slack where Joe Hayden and Mingo and Ruben are dropping it. And now Phil Taylor out with a knee injury. You know, I think that these young guys, again, these, much like the receivers, these guys from small schools and kind of out of nowhere are kicking ass. And Dansby's been pretty tight, too. I don't but, know if we've really been bringing it, but... No. So, along those same lines, before we go to Brian Weeby for his broken bandwagon, who is not showing up? Who's your one person here who's not showing up? Yet? Because, honestly, he's maybe cost us two games. Christian Young. What did he do today? Nothing today, but the, his bad snapping was, uh, in both losses, it, it played a part. Right. Ian, uh, I agree <laughs> with that one. <laughs> nice save. <laughs> Hosting classes. <laughs> Hosting classes, everybody. I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, who could be a host to school upstairs above uh, the Roller Bowl. Dave Obenauer. Who's not I showing can't... up? What? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dave Obenauer is not showing up. Yesterday, courtesy of the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Hotline, get them down at Cafe Bourbon Street, find them at your Wylands. They are delicious. Dave Obenauer. <laughs> Um, I've been kind of disappointed not to hear more from Minga since he's come back. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him more, so, yeah. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he's not playing up to his potential. Dave always has a much nicer way to say what I say. <laughs> Chris Pullen. Um, I'll stick with the theme and go with the obvious. Hayden. Ooh, yeah, we've talked about that. I feel like we were talking about it here before anyone else was, weren't we? Yeah, I think so. Joe Hayden like that. that. He got burned in A a couple times, too. He did. We were on the leading edge of Hayden hate. <laughs> yeah, I it was Hayden. I Hayden hated. I think he could do more, Mighty Mouse. Yeah, agreed. And yeah. the shoe game is tight. All right. Yeah. This outline, it's funny, I should say, before we go to break, this outline looked totally different after halftime. <laughs> 
I think we all felt totally different after that. Oh, yeah, most definitely. The texts were pretty, uh, uh, I don't know. The second that Locker went out and we found out the guy coming in's name was Charlie Whitehurst, like, you know what, we got a chance. (laughs) Anything's possible. We're going to send it off to Brian Weeby, who couldn't be with us this week, but he is with us here via the always broken bandwagon. You're listening to 6Bs and a P on AquabearLegion.com. Space meat. Hey everybody, Brian Weeby, Broken Bandwagon. Man, what a game. Really sad that I wasn't able to celebrate live in studio with the 6B1P Nation, the Broken Bandwagon Army. And what a season so far. Um, For me, a relatively young Browns fan, without a doubt this is the most exciting time to watch the Browns since that one season where Derek Anderson forgot he was Derek Anderson. That being said... Uh, I also think this this momentous come-from-behind victory uh, quite possibly some of the worst football they've played all season, if not the worst. I mean, let's face facts here. The Titans are not as talented as the Steelers or Ravens. They may be nicer guys. I mean, I'd probably put money on that. But, uh, you know, Jake Locker and Clipboard Jesus do not have Super Bowl rings. I mean, maybe Clipboard Jesus does as a backup or something, but, you know, the Steelers and Ravens franchise have Super Bowl rings, fairly recent ones. The defense was still looking rough, buster screen looking like bust a bust from two years ago. And, you know, frankly, there was a few uh, yellow flags in the second half that uh, called back plays that could very well have spelled defeat. But uh, I don't say that to rain on the celebration the Hoyer dance moves, the Joe Thomas bump and grind, because I actually think that's cause for optimism. I mean, when's the last time you could have said, man, the Browns played pretty terrible, and they won? And that's what successful teams do. They find ways to win even when they are less than spectacular. Brian Hoyer, I want to kiss your shaved head. I'm in your corner. Keep it up. The running backs in the O-line... Keep it up. You are smashing it down the other team's throats. Road grader style. And I love it. But yeah, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up this week. And uh, we got a message for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know who you are. We know what you want. If you are looking for an easy victory, I can tell you, you won't find it in Cleveland. Because the Browns have a very particular set of skills. Skills they've acquired over a very long lifetime of crushing losses and crying ourselves to sleep. Skills that make us nightmares for people like you. If your entire team forfeits, perhaps commits mass suicide, and the Steelers franchise moves to Los Angeles and changes their name to the Dickheads, that'll be the end of it. We will not look for you. We will not pursue you. We will still troll you on the message boards, but if you don't, We will look for you, we will find you, and we will kill you. (laughs) Metaphorically, (laughs) at football, you know, we're not murderers. This isn't Baltimore. Go Browns. All right. Six Bs and a P. That was Brian Weeby with the Broken Bandwagon. Do we have theme music for that, Ian? Broken down on the side of the road, we got a bandwagon that don't go no more. That's pretty good. Kind of Louis Armstrong. 
Uh, <laughs> all guests on 6Bs and a P on AquabareLegion.com, courtesy of the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Tech Hotline. Their brazen pork shoulder. What did you say, Ian? Marrow? Marrow and mushroom last week. I don't know if you guys Find them on a cafe in Bourbon Street, Tuesday through Sunday after 7 p.m. Tuesday nights they're cooking in-house, 75 cent per piece for a little while. If you show up and I'm there, I will buy you one. There you have it. Um, Why is my fantasy team so bad? That's the Mine's no good. Did you pick terrible players? Apparently, I have LaShawn McCoy. He sucks so bad. Did you use your first two picks on uh, Adrian Peterson and Ray Rice? No, but I think somebody <laughs> might have in our league. Um, so anyway, whatever. Um, I think I might lose to my dad, and I'm pretty sure like he hasn't logged on yet this year. Um, <laughs> we're going to send it over to Dave. Dave, you had an announcement. We have uh, Ian, cue up the breaking news. Brickety breaking news. All right, breaking news here on Six B's and a P. I'm going to send it over to Dave. So, yeah, um, basically, Silver Linings Playbook had always been my coping mechanism for dealing with an incredibly horrible Cleveland Browns. Um, and looking for the good things to try to not feel so bad. And I just was thinking, like, the last, um, our loss uh, against, um, man, two weeks ago, who was it? Uh, I can't even remember anymore. Baltimore. Yeah, Yeah. Baltimore. That's right. I try to forget that city. Um, But, yeah, basically, it's just like, no, I don't want to look for silver linings. We're too good of a team to do this anymore. I'm just pissed that we're winning, not winning. So... Yeah, so I don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna be doing silver linings anymore because we're too good of a team, and I just want us to win. And I know what's good, and I know what should be good. So there's no point in that anymore. Wow, bold statement. Well, bold. F- from the ashes of Silver Linings Playbook, can I introduce a new segment? Go ahead. Yeah. This is the first edition of Darker Linings Playbook. <laughs> this team, you know, Talk about how worse things could be. Yeah, exactly. This team could just as easily be zero and four right now. Cue up the theme music. <laughs> Dave Obenauer. Dark, 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 darker linings. Seriously, this team because it could be zero and four. <laughs> oh and four. Well, I, mean, I actually, I thought I was, I thought it's more optimistic because it's like I don't, I'm not going to be looking for these silver linings anymore. Like it's. We're a good team, and we should be winning. Will be the silver lining. It's a it's a weird position to be in as a as a Browns fan to kind of have to temper your expectations. Real fast, I thought you were going to finish that by saying as a journalist for some as reason. A journalist. <laughs> Just because you've been doing this podcast for like you know, twenty episodes does not make us journalists. Sole proprietor of uh, Darker Lennings Playbook Incorporated. Uh, it just. I'm not used to it. Like I, this team is is good. Don't get me wrong; they're not not good. But like, you have to introduce reality into it because I think part of it is because things probably will go wrong. That's just what happens. I don't know. I mean, it's not. I, I don't think we're gonna. You know, I don't know. I mean, even if we go eight and eight, but I still, I we just have the the pieces in place to be a really good team. So we should just 
be a good team and start playing better. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, analysis you get here at 6Bs and a P. <laughs> I suppose. Shrug. Whatever. <laughs> Dude, before we go into this next segment, did somebody get a tweet of the week? Sherry's out sick. Um, no. I don't do Twitter. We have to get one then. Alright, stay tuned, America. Hi, this is Ernest Biner, former Browns player. You're listening to Six B's and a P on AquaBearLegion.com. And we're back. Okay, let's send it to the, everybody's favorite segment, the Tweet of the Week. Ian, cue up that music. It's the heat of the moment. <laughs> Hot tweets coming at you. Sherry Oliver, as we mentioned, under the weather, despite it being her birthday. So we're going to let Dave Obenauer handle our hand-selected silver linings, dark line tweet of the week. Pierogi <laughs> It's actually from two weeks ago, but Brian Hoyer, at bhoyer6, tweeted, Good morning, Cleveland. Celebrate with a hashtag Romanburger meal at Mr. Hero. Nice. There you go. It's better Brian than a Rafflesburger. I heard him in that uh, Cleveland postgame show I mentioned I was listening to before. I heard him do a commercial for Windows, too. Um. So, like, yes, the operating system or like, no, windows for your house. You look through uh. things that you look through. Things with glass. Um, I also have a tweet here um, from earlier. I guess this was last week as well from one of my favorite accounts, Fake Jimmy Haslam. At Fake Jimmy Haslam, if only Brandon Whedon had stuck with the Browns, someday he could have had a send off like Jeter's. <laughs> um, he also earlier today said, "Come on, emaciated Josh Cribs." I think in reference to Taylor Gabriel. <laughs> um, Ian, you also had some tweets from people about after the Manzel was laughing. Yeah, like, nothing in particular. I just, I just. Uh... As soon as I showed up, I was just curious what the instant reaction of people would be. Just like, you know, how... Man, people on Twitter say some really stupid shit, like, all the time. Like, it's a never-ending stream. It is. That's pretty much what it is. That you you know, Manziel should go in. That'll apparently make the defense stop giving up hundreds of yards. I have nothing. Yeah. Fuck Twitter, guys. All right. (laughs) Um, baseball playoffs, Ian. Yeah, they're happening. That's it? Are you yes. yes, that's it. The Reds aren't in, so I don't care. All right, forget it. Yeah. This is uh, a football podcast, anyway. Uh, yeah. that's right. Browns versus Steelers next week. Browns have a chance to go to 3-2, and two, which I I think, you know, the Ravens lost. Um, if the Browns win next week, they could be in a good spot, I think, here. Uh, yeah, because right now Bengals undefeated, playing their fourth game uh, as we speak. Losing 14-0. Yeah, 14 nothing. Then uh, Ravens and Steelers, both 3-2, and two, Cleveland at 2-2. Two and two. All right, I like it. What do you guys think? Can they beat the Steelers at home, Cleveland? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm saying it's a win right now. Chris Follett. Agreed. Dave We're gonna our... win. They're gonna eat our butts. Yep, we can, should, and will win. Yeah, and it'll be awesome. I hate the Steelers so much. Um, I think the Browns are going to tear off a few in a row here. Actually. At the end, we're going to force feed a Roethlisberger to Ben Roethlisberger against his will. What's a Roethlisberger? It's a burger that is fed to you against your will, whether you ordered it or like it or not. <laughs> it is. Uh, and, yeah, that'll be so good to have that win happen against the Steelers who eat all of our butts. After this game, the schedule kind of ends up a little, doesn't it? Jaguars, Raiders, Buccaneers all in a row. Right, and I think we're all going to hopefully be at the Buccaneers game. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Jaguars, Raiders, I'll be... It's kind of funny, I'll actually be in San Francisco when they're playing the Raiders in Cleveland. That is funny. (laughs) Thanks. Um... (laughs) Do we have any anything else? Um, go Browns. Go Browns. Two and two. I'm saying it right here, dude. Browns are going to the playoffs. Yeah, right now I'm on board with it. If the defense can tighten up just a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I'll do it. Sure. All right. You can find us this week. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. 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 Jim Mora. Jim Mora. Playoffs. Playoffs. Talking about playoffs? You're talking about the playoffs. What do you think about the playoffs? Playoffs. <laughs> uh, right. Thanks for coming. All right. Uh, you can find us this week and every week on our home, AquamareLegion.com, your one source for Forest. I'm Brian Costco, joined this week by Dave Obenauer, Ian Wolf, Chris Poland. Thanks, guys. Hey, thank yeah, you. Thank you. Good go Browns. Go thanks Browns. Brian. Go thanks Browns. Thank for the broken bandwagon. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to Brody Mountain.